0: We need to talk about global connections today. Uh, We need to talk about American issues, take two. And uh, we want to talk about Belarus today. And we have Ralph Winnie in Washington, D.C. We have uh, our co-host, Tim Apicella, and Stephanie Stoll Dalton here on take two. uh, And the subject is Belarus. And when we come back, we're going to drill down on what's happening there. Okay. Welcome to the show, Ralph Winnie, uh, Tim Apicella, Stephanie Stoll-Dalton. Let's talk about Belarus. Um, you know, the first question, Ralph, is uh, where is Belarus in terms of the war in Ukraine? Where does it stand? And let me tell you that the uh, the name Lukashenko does pop up.
1: Yeah. Well, the president of Belarus, Lukashenko, has been an active supporter and proponent of Russia's invasion of uh, Ukraine, and they have allowed their country to be used as a staging ground for Russian troops to go into uh, and try and occupy Ukraine. So um, this morning, I was with the uh, head of the Belarus opposition, Valery Shepkalo and, and Dmitry Balkanets, who gave a major presentation at the National Press Club discussing the, um, their situation in Belarus. They are both Dmitry Balkanets and Valerie Shapalo are actively uh, involved with the uh, democracy uh, movement to try and force an election
0: um, where all well, the let's, people- Let's, let's hold to... there, let's hold there. Yeah. Let me ask you about that. You know What we okay. have read, what it seems to be is that Alexander Lukashenko is in charge and he's real buddies with uh, uh, with uh, uh, Putin, and yeah, that, that's what I mean. Is this kind of photograph been out for a long time, and uh, and 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 Putin has control over him, and he'll do whatever um, Putin wants. But you're saying there's a democratic movement also, and and they oppose this relationship between Luka, Lukashenko and and uh, Vladimir Putin? yeah,
1: yes, there there
0: are
1: yeah, there are many opposition uh, leaders that have been uh, jailed in Belarus and are driven out of the country. Valerie um, Sepkalo is living in Greece his, uh, with his wife. Uh, Valerie Sepkalo was the former Belarus ambassador to um, the United States uh, back in the, the early 2000s. He left in 2002. And he has been work, he has been leading the um, a grassroots movement. So Valery uh, Sepkalo and Dmitry Balkanets have been uh, leading the Belarus opposition, trying to promote um, civil society um, democracy- related reforms in Belarus, so that Lukashenko will be forced to hold an election you know that is free and fair, where they can have international observers. And um, they can have a, a movement that will force the what is otherwise known as a dictatorship to um, hold free and fair elections. So we, were, we hosted Dimitri and Valerie at the National Press Club this morning in Washington, D.C., where they were able to lay out and discuss a pathway for democratic reform in uh, Belarus. What chance do they have of succeeding? Um, It all depends on what the Biden administration is willing to do, um, how much pressure they're going to be able to put on uh, Russia in terms of, um, you know, the situation in Ukraine. Um, There's a lot of strong, there's a lot of support, obviously, for um, Ukraine Um, But but uh, Belarus is not getting enough attention because the dictator uh, and I call him a dictator because that's what he's been called by the rest of the world. There are actually U.S. sanctions on Belarus. So they don't have an official ambassador here in the United States. Um, And we're trying to draw attention to the growing opposition to the government in Belarus um, to force to force them to recognize and acknowledge that there are many people in their country that want to have um, democratic reforms. They wanna start with a a new election.
0: So uh, when uh, Dimitri and and, uh, Valerie go back, um, are they gonna be met by uh, flowers or jail term?
1: Well, they would be met by jail term. That's why they can't go back. That's why they are in exile as are many of the Belarusian activists right now,
0: okay. including well, many have, athletes. Tim, you have some questions for,
2: for, for Ralph? You know, I do. Um, you know, I don't work in the State Department, but there's an old saying, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. So, mm. you know, we, we have uh, Lashenko basically saying that Belarus is an independent nation of Russia, yet mm. we have um, Belarus to allow Russian troops and equipment on their on their sovereign lands and territory. Mm. They have joint war battle maneuvers that they've conducted. They've uh, conscripted medical doctors uh, to take care of the Russian wounded and those Russians that are sick. Um, At what point does the facade of independence um, uh, kind of break away and dissipate?
1: Well, you're seeing that happen now. Um, It's taking a lot of courage for the people of Belarus to stand up and want to to have democratic reforms enacted in their country. And that's Valerie Sipkalo and Dimitri Balkonets. They have been pounding the pavement here in Washington, D.C., meeting with the State Department, meeting with think tanks, and working with the the America Eurasia Center to to explain uh, their cause to the American people and ask for their support and help in pushing... Um, the guy, you know, Lukashenko, to hold free and fair elections to ensure that there's a civil mm-hmm. society movement within the country, because Rob, as you pointed out, Lukashenko is lock is lockstep with uh, Putin in uh, providing, you know, the land and also the military equipment, allowing them to uh, stage, you know, maneuvers out of Belarus into Ukraine. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Ralph, so this what's organization your organization is the forum of democratic forces of Belarus. Is that what it's called? Uh, both Valerie and Dmitry are founders of that. Yes.
1: Yes.
2: Okay. Sorry. Hey, let ahead. me, uh, Jay, Let me just get one more question in. Uh, yeah. Ralph, what's your what's your um, opinion about this document, uh, allegedly that uh, Germany's newspaper, Sweden's Yahoo News, Ukrainian uh, newspapers, uh, basically saying that Russia will annex uh, Belarus by 2030 what's your what's your take on that document
1: um it's plausible um i think there's a, there's a lot of concern within belarus that something like that could happen but you know there <laughs> part of belarus is if you if people recall chernobyl and the accident that happened there um with the the, the breakdown of the nuclear reactor so you have part of that land that is just not very valuable, no natural resources because of the, what happened with Chernobyl. And the other part is uh, marshland, wetland. So uh, the land itself is not valuable per se. Um, it is just the strategic location that is very important you know, for Russia's incursion into Ukraine. And uh, Lukashenko is walking lockstep with uh, Vladimir Putin and supporting him in that regard. At the same time, Lukashenko is not allowing the people of Belarus to be able to have a voice in in how they want their country run. When there were previous elections, um, it was international observers who were able to be there on the ground who said that it was not free and fair that um, it was orchestrated, Um, the, you know, the uh, Lukashenko was able to knock off anyone that really had experience, you know, as of, uh, you know, um, as who wanted to run as a candidate. And they would appoint figureheads or people that were just could not govern, even if by some chance they could get elected. So it was perceived as just a real uh, sham you know, uh, when Lukashenko has called elections. Now that you have growing opposition within the country and that there are so many activists are being forced to live and work abroad, you're, there's more scrutiny now on what is going on in Belarus. And hopefully that is going to be taken to the next level. Valerie um, is, uh, put together a proclamation asking Joe Biden to really ramp up the pressure on the Lukashenko government.
0: There's another little piece of Russia just to the northwest of Belarus that also makes Belarus strategic. Not only that Belarus is is the capstone of Ukraine, but there's another piece of of Russia that's right there on the Baltic, right? Uh, Yes,
1: that's correct. Um, if If you understand Putin's grand scheme where he wants to recreate the former soviet union so they say and which i think is playing itself out you know in their uh conflict in in ukraine certainly belarus is part of that plan even though you know the country itself may not as be as economically valuable as say some of the other former soviet bloc countries but but the uh president of belarus certainly you know is a a strong confidence and friend of of vladimir putin
0: and well we know what about you stephanie do you have any have any questions for ralph
3: yeah ralph um i understand that the border is relative well it looks big on the map but Actually, it's only about 550 yeah. miles of border, right? Yeah, what kind right. of border is that? Is it easy perm- or easily permeable? I mean, obviously, they're shooting stuff across it, right? So there are no well, mountains.
1: Mall- yeah, um Russia has easy access to the border of Belarus, and they've been able to, mm-hmm. you know, mass equipment and um, soldiers, yeah. you know, as part of their their involvement in Ukraine.
3: Yeah, and, and- it's rather. Tense now. I I've read that the tension is building there between both sides. With they're putting up the defenses and gathering um, their war whatever.
1: um, The interesting thing is they don't use Belarusian troops, and the reason is they don't think the Belarusian troops would be very loyal um, to the cause. You know that the first chance they would get, they would just surrender because they they would have no heart or stomach in a fight in Ukraine so it's all russian
0: troops that are hey, there. ralph there are, there are belarusian troops belarusian troops in ukraine in a special regiment of yeah. Belarusian troops fighting yeah. russia and presumably belarus too who are worried about what happens to them if they go back to belarus mm-hmm.
3: no,
1: yeah i mean there's some mercenaries um i think the majority of the belarusian troops don't really want to be part of the conflict but you know they're sort of caught in the middle
3: is that why uh lukashenko has made the statement that there will be no invasion he has said he yeah. they will not belarus will not invade ukraine Correct. under one condition which is if their own uh, homeland is invaded so if if the Ukraines do anything to go into Belarus then then they'll respond now is that just a way to get himself a place to stand um in line with Putin so have a uh, protect his own turf but also show that you know he's willing to fight ultimately if they can arrange for yeah,
1: I, I I would agree with that. Um, I think the Ukrainians, you know, they don't, They obviously don't want to attack Belarus. You know, they want to just repel any, any foreign invaders, you know, off of their territory.
0: It's more likely that there'll be that uh, the statement he made, that Lukashenko made, is, uh, is only for now, because as yeah. we know, Putin, um, you know, lies and changes his mind about what he promised. So okay. Lukashenko may find himself high and dry on that.
1: Uh-huh. yeah he could throw Lukashenko under the bus anytime
0: absolutely yeah. well in a sense he is step by step uh mm-hmm. this this uh, this paper that came out about how uh, uh putin wanted to take belarus within what five or six years um that that's really a, a stick in the eye to lukashenko as as the leader of belarus but i think mm-hmm. he uh putin could make uh, lukashenko go go away uh, uh instantly overnight you know, r- remember what happened in Ukraine in 19 and in 2014. Uh, yeah. The puppet guy was uh, thrown out of the country and went immediately to Moscow uh, to confirm, you know, that he worked for Putin. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So- Putin yeah. demands loyalty. There's no question. Yeah. And Lukashenko's days could be numbered. Um, and a lot of it will depend on the growing opposition, I think, in Belarus because Lukashenko is so heavy-handed.
0: Yeah. Well, even if uh, Lukashenko leaves for one reason or another, that doesn't yeah. stop Putin's plan. And just as it didn't stop Putin's plan in Ukraine. I mean, he kept on going. And yeah. a lot of mm, agents and uh, provocateurs on the ground now in Belarus who would continue to uh, to fight for Russia, even if Lukashenko wasn't there. They might even be more aggressive. Um, Tim, you got questions about the a strange incident between Belarus and, and Poland, is it?
2: Well, I guess the question is, how should Poland uh, look upon Belarus uh, being so close to their border? And uh, mm-hmm. would they potentially start defenses along the border to Belarus? Is that is that something that's plausible? Keeping
0: in think- mind that right now that border is locked. It's frozen. Correct. Right no traffic is moving on that on the, the highways there
2: but the question is would there be polish uh, defenses that now need to be uh, pointed in the in the belarus's direction i don't know if that's a plot, you know a good question to ask or not but there it is
1: yeah and uh, maybe that was a question that was raised um with joe biden you know when he met with the leader in poland um you know as part of the whole situation in ukraine Because um, at some point, Belarus is going to get dragged into this conflict. There could be fighting in Belarus, you know, either from the Ukrainian side or, you know, um, or Belarus trying to, the Belarusian army trying to go in, conscripted. Um, So they're going to get drawn in no matter what. And I think it will be very interesting to see how Lukashenko wants to handle this. He certainly he said that he's not going to invade unless the Ukrainians try and come in um, and take control. And the Ukrainians don't want to do that. But some but there could always be yeah. some sort of situation, you know, where something on the border gets triggered and, you know, Belarus gets drawn into the conflict.
2: Yeah. I call it a rough, rough. R- R- yeah. Ralph, let me, uh, you mentioned the word conscription. Uh, What if um, Belarusians were conscripted uh, similar to what Putin tried to do or did do with the Russians of 300,000 conscripts? Mm -hmm. Would there be the same effect of uh, those in Belarus to flee the country to avoid conscription?
1: I think you'd have that, sure. Um, Because they're not perceived necessarily as being the most loyal Troops to the cause, and I, I think you would see a lot of people trying to leave, and it would probably push them in the hands of the pro-democracy movement, being led by Valery Sepkalo and Dmitry Valchanets.
3: So Ralph, the the Ukrainians did not escape Ukraine to Belarus at all, right? Was there any contingent that went that way when they, you know, a year ago when they were leaving? That was a border they could have crossed. To did they? Is there? Is there? Any-
1: everyone went through p- to Poland. Okay. Yeah.
3: All right, and no one to Belarus. They
0: didn't. No, see it. I don't.
1: I, we there. don't hear any reports of of that. Yeah.
0: Well, well what about- you Say the name Belarus. It includes Rus and Belarusian includes Rus. Yeah. So there's there's a the question really that that I would throw in here is how. How faithful are, uh, are the Belarusians to Russia? In other words, do you, you know, it's like in the Donbass. The Donbas. Uh, there's a lot of people who are of Russian extraction, speak the mm-hmm. language, and all that. We have the same circumstance in Belarus.
1: Certainly, there's an a, an element of that, um, but I think they are the Belarusians are focused on bread and butter issues right now. And they don't want to get dragged into a conflict. The Belarusian people, you know, they want to remain as neutral as possible. Um, And they're chafing under the reign of Lukashenko. There's no question about that.
3: Well, Ralph, I understand that there's quite a contingent of women, Belarusian women, who are putting together humanitarian aid. So they're trying to send food and clothing and this is evidently a considerable effort on their part. They're very concerned about the people, especially in the Donbass. So right. is that gonna be an irritant for Lukashenko? What, what's the circumstance surrounding that effort of those pe- those women?
1: Yeah, I mean, Lukashenko shouldn't oppose something like that. Uh, I think he'd be kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, you know, because it's humanitarian women, um, you know, there's only so much he can do. as as far as repressing, you know, all kinds of activity. Um, so something like that, you know, will probably go through, but it'll become more and more difficult, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, hey, hey Ralph, what's you know to follow up on Jay's question as far as ethnic composition and some you know um, alliances with Russia from Belarus. What about the economic factor? I I understand Russia is about 50 percent of uh, the economy with Belarus. And how difficult would that be to either sever ties or certainly um, at least alter ties to Russia?
1: You can't alter ties, you know, or or downright sever. Um, There are you could have an embargo, per se, on on the potash which is one of the main resources in Belarus, um, you know, uh, those kind of sanctions in order to bring so, about some sort of economic and uh, dem- democratic reform within the country. I think there are san- already sanctions against Belarus that, are, that will affect their economy. You know, the, the, the resources, the potash, which is the one of the main resources that gets extracted. What you've got to look at is can they can they diversify and, and work with the U.S. and or China, which is probably what they would have to do, moving away from Russia. You know, but they could never truly sever ties, I don't think, with Russia.
0: Well, to follow it's up right on, on Tim's point, yeah. you know, what about oil and gas and fuel? Uh, it's colder still in Belarus than it is in Ukraine. It's further north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and that means that uh, Belarus must be heating themselves with Russian oil and gas. If, if Russia decides, if Putin decides to play that card, he could put, you know, additional pressure on them, no? Yeah,
1: he could. You know, these are certainly uh, strong possibilities. That's why it's so difficult to be able to enact any kind of meaningful reform. Um, but uh, I think everyone is confident that um, something will, positive will happen down the line. It all depends on the, the strength and the will of the Belarusian people and the strength and will of the Ukrainians to continue to fight. You know the Russians.
0: Let me let me throw one more in there, just as a differential. Suppose Ukraine loses the war with Russia. Suppose yeah. Putin has his way with Ukraine. Okay, which would be you know just the worst the worst possible case for the liberal world order and all that. But right. what happens to Belarus if if Putin takes Ukraine?
1: If Putin takes Ukraine, um, Belarus is is going to feel that the, the Lukashenko is not going to engage with the West. He's going to feel that his bread and butter is with um, the Russians. So there'll be no incentive for him to do anything to cater to Western style of, of democracy. He's going to become even more authoritarian to hold on to his power.
0: And so that will, that will be, uh, you know, the domino effect, won't it? Uh, yes. Ukraine is at, at the head of the class here. And if Ukraine yeah. goes, there's all kinds of domino countries around in Eastern Europe that will fall in the in in similar fashion, right? Correct. Yes.
3: So, um, Ralph, who was um, was anybody from state or um, executive branch at the press club this morning? What what happened there, and what and what were the serious pleas of Valerie and Dimitri? Can you just repeat those again for us? Um,
1: they want they want to make sure that the U.S. stays active and engaged in supporting sanctions against Belarus, against a, a president that is, is a, has created a dictatorship. That is, um, there have been sham elections and the, what they want is for the US to support free and fair elections in Belarus, to support an opportunity for Belarusians in exile to be able to vote. Um, when there is an actual election um, next year. So uh, all Belarusians will have a vote, even if they're not, even if they're in exile. And he has a particular uh, computer software program that he's um, discussed um, that will allow people to vote absentee overseas. Um, And he's looking to build a strong synergy of, of activists, civil society experts, legal, scholarly experts to work, you know, with the State Department, with the Biden administration, you know, to, you know, show that there is strong support for enacting democratic reforms in uh, Belarus.
0: Yeah, but nobody is interested in having American troops go to Belarus. Yeah. Weapons go to Belarus. Or to buy any weapons to the Belarusian army, because that that would would probably fall into the hands of Putin.
1: Right, and and that was not raised. That um that's mm -hmm. not what they're asking for.
0: Tim, uh, we're almost out of time. Can you can you go for a last round here with Ralph?
2: Well, yeah, sure, Ralph. Um, what's your best estimation of the future for Belarus? I mean, what is the best the best possible outcome that you can imagine?
1: that there will be an a a a new election next year that will that'll be transparent there'll be an opportunity for all belarusians to have their voice be heard that there will be viable candidates that are allowed to run that won't be disqualified at the whim of the government and um the lessening of sanctions once there is a transparent um, democratic system in the country.
2: That One would be question. the very best
1: case scenario.
2: Yeah. One last question. Are there political prisoners in Belarus yes, there right are. now?
1: Yes, in jail, mm-hmm. yeah. And Valery talked about that as well in, in, at the press conference. Um, they want to get the their voices out. Um, we actually gave them an award you know, recognizing the struggle for human rights and democracy, not only on behalf of Valera and Dmitry, but all the political prisoners that are um, being held in uh, Belarus at this point. Great.
0: Thank you, Ralph. Wow, It sounds it sounds like he's running a parallel to Navalny and all those people in yeah. uh, Russia who have been arrested and jailed for protesting Putin's war.
1: So, yeah, very so. similar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that means his whole playbook is similar, so we can Expect more along the same lines. That yes. your last round with Ralph. Oh, hey,
3: Ralph. Um, this uh, Dimitri, Dimitri yes. Volkanets. Um, he was ambassador uh, in the in two thousand, and then left as a. Are they? Uh, that, that's Valerie. Him?
1: Valerie Subkalo.
3: Oh, so, okay. She was amb- She was ambassador. Mm-hmm. Now has Belarus had an ambassador since then, or have they been under that sanction? No, they've been
1: under sanctions. Yeah.
3: And that was because of what? Because that was long before the the yeah
1: be, um, because of the violations of international law, you know, um, sham elections and uh, yeah, jailing of opposition,
3: yeah in in tandem with uh, with Putin, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, also, um, Pussy Riot leader was on um, one of the shows last night um, with Lawrence, a last word. And okay. uh, the, she's evidently um, under assault. Not under assault, but they're they're trying to get her to take right. her back to Russia and imprison her again. So yeah. she's trying to get at this thing through the through her art. So, okay. did, uh, are there any of those kinds of activities going on from uh, the the Bell, Bell Bell in
1: Belarus? Yes, um, you a- athletes who have spoken out against the government have. Have been thrown in jail or forced into exile. Um, you know, you may have heard about the famous case where the uh, Belarusian sprinter um, was uh, about was uh, made some statements during the Olympics um, against the government of Belarus, and she they were trying to forcibly take her home, and she sought asylum in Japan,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: now she's living in Poland and trying to train and compete to you know, for the next Olympics. Um, so the government of Belarus does not mess around. They, you know, want to suppress all opposition.
0: I think I think it has to be clear, Ralph, that Think Tech Hawaii is not going to open a bureau or branch office anywhere in Belarus uh for the foreseeable future. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ralph, your your final words, take one minute and leave a message for our viewers about what's happening, how you feel about it.
1: Um, it's very important to stay engaged, not only with what's going on uh, in Ukraine, to, to help um, support the Ukrainian people in their endeavors who are willing to stand up and fight, and also recognize that um, the more and more democracy activists are being jailed and forced into exile out of Belarus that the people are not necessarily in lockstep with Putin it's going to take the support of the West um, to stand up and support people that are that are trying to promote meaningful change within um, Belarus um, who want to see uh, free markets and liberal democracy take hold in their country
0: ah, great Ralph Winnie, uh in Washington, uh, our co-host, Tim Apicella, uh, Stephanie Stoll-Dalton, our contributor. Thank you so much to all of you for this very important discussion. We will follow it up and soon. Thanks to all. Aloha.